Hi everyone, this is Nellie. Thank you for tuning in today to my ministry song, Scripture and My Thoughts. Today is April 10th, 2022. Today is Palm Sunday. Today's song is Even So Come by Passion. Today's scripture will be found in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, John chapter 12, verses 9 through 15, and Luke chapter 19, verse 28 through 44. I'm also going to be reading the parable of the ten virgins, which is found in Matthew chapter 25. Today's message is titled, Be Ready. I've titled the message, Be Ready, because Jesus is on record a lot of times saying, Be ready, because we don't know the day or the hour of his return. Today we're going to talk about his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. These are the, the days before his crucifixion, when he entered into the city on a colt on a donkey and just the lesson of that day and also how important it is to never ever forget the importance of everything that Jesus did he showed up he came down from heaven born of a virgin Mary but prior to coming down he was and is, and is to come. He is the God of ages. And we must never forget that through his sacrificial, the Lamb of God, who was sent down by God the Father, this was a sacrifice for us to atone for our sins. Many missed it when, when Jesus came. In the flesh. Many of the Jews missed it. And he talks about how they didn't recognize him when he came. And so we want to be able, those of you that are still questioning what God did, we want to be able to recognize when he returns. But He says himself that every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It doesn't matter if you're an atheist or a Muslim or a religion of Judaism. Whatever the case may be, every tongue will confess that he is Lord when he returns. And we need to be ready every single day for his return. So let's just get into scripture. I'm going to try not to have this very long. So I'm going to go through, I'm going to go over to Zechariah. And Zechariah is a book in the Old Testament that is, I want to say it's the book before, let's just, let me make sure. Yes, it's one book. It's Zechariah, then Malachi, and then it goes into the New Testament. So Zechariah, he's a, he's a prophet. And he says this, many years, many years before the New Testament was written. Let me just go over here to, uh, 
So Matthew was written, the, the gospel was most likely written before the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70. And then Zechariah, Zechariah was written. says the book of Zechariah was probably written sometime before 480 BC. There's a big gap here and Zechariah is prophesying and he says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Pause. So it's prophesied that Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one, the son of God, will be riding in and we are to behold him for he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Humble and mounted on a donkey. And we'll go over to John chapter 12, verses 9 through 15 really quick. And we'll start at uh, verse 9. But before that, Jesus, there's a story of Jesus where he he resurrects Lazarus from the dead and he is a brother of Mary and Martha I can get into that at another time but right after he does this miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead this is this kind of it talks a little bit about that so in verse 9 it says the large crowd of the Jews then learned that he was there and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. Pause. So there were uh, some spectators there who had heard that Lazarus had been raised from the dead by Jesus. And they wanted to see, it, see Lazarus for themselves to see if that miracle had actually taken place. Did Lazarus really rise from the dead? And, they, and so they wanted to see that. In verse 10, but the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and were believing in Jesus. Pause. There were a lot of Pharisees and a lot of chief priests that were always trying to undo what Jesus was doing. Their mission was to make sure that nobody believed that Jesus was the Messiah. And it was an evil mission because nobody can trump the Lord. They can try and try and try and try to disprove him, but no one was ever able to do so. So they were always trying to, if Jesus rose Lazarus up from the grave, they were going to kill him so people would quit talking about it. <laughs> they always had these plots. Because a lot of the Jews, it says many of the Jews were going away, meaning they were straying away from Judaism from not believing that the sun has, was actually there in their presence. They were starting to believe 
that Jesus was the Christ. And so these chief priests were, were, were trying to stop that. They didn't want any Jews saved. They didn't want any of their people saved. So they were on a mission, but so was Jesus. So they didn't want any of the Jews believing in Jesus. And in verse 12, it says, this is where Jesus enters Jerusalem on the donkey. On the next day, the large crowd who had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him and began to shout, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Pause. They took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him. And they were yelling, Hosanna. They knew. They knew who he was. He was coming in the name of the Lord. And we've talked about the name of the Lord. And back in Zechariah, in verse 9, there is this triumph, a shout of triumph. O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. Your king. In verse 14, Jesus, finding a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. These things his disciples did not understand at the first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written of him and that they had done these things to him. So the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continue to testify, testify about him. For this reason also the people went and met him because they heard that he had performed this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are not going, excuse me, you see that you are not doing any good. Look, the world has gone after him. Pause. So the Pharisees are saying to the chief priests, see, you're not doing any good. These people are still following going after him. But that's why Jesus came. So they could see the miracles of God. They could see the works of the Holy Spirit. And it was, they were such miracles that they couldn't be discounted. They couldn't be discounted. And the apostles, the disciples, they didn't understand it at first. But when Jesus was glorified and Jesus, because remember, Jesus resurrected from the grave. And these, these same disciples saw the resurrected Christ. And then they remembered the prophetic words from the prophet Zechariah about how the king would come into, into Jerusalem on the colt of a donkey. These are all just very powerful testimonies of what Jesus did. And also how the, the Pharisees and the chief priests try to just, just undo everything. And to this day, they're still deceiving a lot of people. To this very day, I'm going to go over to Luke on another account that is written in the Bible from the book of Luke, chapter 19. So let's go over there. And 
I'll read verses 28 through 44. Pause. So th this is the account of why we have a Palm Sunday, because these the, the palms were laid bef out before the King of Kings, and they even put their cloaks. Uh, they, they made a way. They made a way for the king. Okay, so verse 28 begins. Well, this is called the triumphal entry. After he had said these things, he was going on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he approached Bethphage and Bethany near the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you. There, as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one yet has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? You shall say, The Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord has need of it. They brought it to Jesus, and they threw their coats on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. As soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen, shouting, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus answered, I tell you, if these become silent, the stones will cry out. Pause. We are the stones that are crying out. Because Jesus said he could make disciples out of a stone. Some, the, these Pharisees are trying to, t to shut the crowd up. They, they don't want any attention drawn to Jesus. And Jesus, re um, they're telling Jesus to rebuke the crowd. And Jesus is saying, I'm not going to do that. In verse 41, when he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it. Pause. Jesus wept over Jerusalem because they did not notice him. They did not know it was the Son of God, the Messiah. He, they did not, they missed the boat. They weren't ready to receive him. Verse 42 saying, he, he is saying here, If you had known in this day, even you, the things which make the peace, which make for peace, but now they have been hidden, <clears throat> hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side, and they will level you to the ground and your children within you. And they will not leave, leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your salvation. <clears throat> Pause. So Jesus is telling them, I'm weeping for Jerusalem because none of you, none of you will be saved. Because those that didn't recognize who he was, didn't accept that Jesus was the Son of God, refused to believe it. They did not recognize the time 
of your visitation. <clears throat> These Jews during this time that did not believe in the Son, and anybody to this day that does not believe and receive the Son in their heart as Jesus as their Lord and believe in everything that he did, will not be saved. They will not be saved. These Jews in this time, he specifically says that this, he says here, at this time, in this day, you guys aren't believing. But many Jews did believe. We would not have our Bible had the Jews not written it. The Jews, God used. Because remember, the Apostle Paul, he calls himself a Jew of Jews to preach out to the Gentiles, which is everybody that is a non-Jew. But the message is for all Jews and the Gentiles, a Jew first and then the Gentile. The apostles were Jews. The, the, there's an account where the apostle Paul didn't even want to sit with the Jews. And, and, and I'm, I'm sorry, where the apostle Peter did not want to sit with the Gentiles. And the apostle Paul called him out and said, you hypocrite. Jesus calls us to love each other, all the believers, whether Jew or Gentile. So I'm not going to say I know everything about everything, but what I do know, the importance of when Jesus Christ entered the city of Jerusalem, as he humbled on, on a colt that it needed, nobody could have ever ridden on this colt. Like nobody could defile it because he is holy. And that's how he rode in, humble. And he had done almost all of his miracles at this time. Well, all of his miracles. Because in the three days that he was in the city, I believe, was it a week? I'm tired, guys. Um, I'll touch on that next Sunday on Easter Sunday but I know that the triumphal entry was of great significance and Jesus is talking about how there were many 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 so that he wept for Jerusalem we're not going to be saved in that day let me cruise over to Matthew 25 and Matthew 25 is going to talk about two groups. One group is saved and one group is not. It's called the parable of the ten virgins. And I've touched on it a little bit in the last two messages. But I want to read it today. Because you want to see which, which group are you in. It can't, can't be in your head space about Jesus the Lord. It has to reach your heart. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He came to atone for your sins and mine. He was crucified on that cross and He was buried and He rose on the third day for us. Now, who, who do you believe? 
the, ch the chief priests that are saying to this very day that Jesus isn't the Son of God? Or are you one that does believe? Now, in the parable of the ten virgins, we've got both groups. They think they're saved. They have the, the oil. They have their lamps. They have their oil. And some had oils and reserved flasks. They had additional oil in their flasks. They weren't caught away from the Lord. They were ready. Verse 1 begins, Then the kingdom of heaven will be comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Pause. Now, the way it starts is the kingdom of God will be compared. He's comparing it to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. The bridegroom is Jesus Christ, the resurrected King of Kings. And this is when he, when he returns. Uh, they are, five are ready, five are not. Five are ready to receive and, be, and, and enter into the feast, the dinner, the banquet that Jesus Christ is preparing for his people. And five of them weren't ready. Verse 2, five of them were foolish and five were prudent. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the prudent took oil and flasks along with their lamps. Now while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. Pause. I'm going to pause there because many people are thinking, well, Jesus has been returning for a long time and he's still not here. So they think they have time to just mess around. And, you, and these are the virgins that it's referring to that don't have any oil in their flasks. They're in a slumber and they're, they're living life uh, on the wide road and they think they have more time. But then all of a sudden the bridegroom comes and there's a shout. Verse 6. But at midnight there was a shout, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the prudent, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answered, No, there will not be enough for us and you too. Go instead to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they were going away to make the purchase, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast, and the door was shut. Later the other virgins also came, saying, Lord, Lord, open up for us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Be on the alert then, for you do not know the day nor the hour pause. The prudent are the ones who didn't go into slumber. Every single day they f got their fill by reading the Word of God and praying and, and honoring 
and loving the Lord their God. They did not want to go on the wide road. They only wanted to be on the narrow road to go to to not miss this banquet. I don't want to miss this banquet. That's why I want to stay in the Word of God. I want to know Him every day. I want to know Him better every day, I should say, every single day. We can never know the Lord well enough. Now, the parable of the ten virgins is being spoken by Jesus Christ himself. He's the one giving, giving this warning. And the, prudent, the, the foolish are asking the prudent to give them some of their oil. But I myself can only have my own oil. You can only have your own oil. We can't borrow somebody's salvation. We can't borrow their oil. And so the prudent tell the foolish, well, go to the store and buy some. We can't give you some of ours. He's already, the shout has, this is it. We don't have time to, to talk to you about salvation anymore. You missed it. But go to the store. Maybe you'll make it back in time. I, you know, they're, and they're returning from the store and they're knocking on the door. And Jesus is saying, I Truly, truly, I don't know you. Do you want to be one of those that he just says that to? Oh my gosh, never, Lord. Please don't ever let it be. That's why we must be ready for the day of the Lord. We want to make it to that feast. We want to make it into heaven. We don't want that door shut. Like in the days of Noah. Noah spent a lot of time working on that ark. I'm sure he was ridiculed by many people. And none of them were ready. That door was shut. Do you think that they were trying to say, Noah, let us in? I'm sure they were. But they, that when that door is shut, it is shut. Jesus, get to know him now. Don't, don't wait. Don't wait. In, in the book of Revelation, it says, even so, come. It says, come, Lord Jesus, come. There are many that are afraid of that day. Why? Because they're not ready. I, I'm going to go into my thoughts. I, I um, there was a time I wasn't ready. And thank God God didn't come at that time. This belief has to reach the hard heart. It, it has to come out of the headspace. We can profess that Jesus Christ is King, is the Lord, is the Anointed One, is the Son of God. But if we don't actually believe it in our hearts that He rose on the third day, we're not saved. We've got to believe in our hearts. And we've got to want to get to know him. Many people know who Jesus is. The non-believers know who he is. They don't believe in him. The Jews of that day, not the Jews that wrote the Bible, they believed. Uh, many, be many believe. The atheists know who Jesus is, but they don't believe. The, the, and then there are demons that believe. They believe what they know what Jesus did. They know he was God in heaven before he came down to be born of a virgin. There are many accounts in the Bible where they said, What do you want with us, Jesus? 
They know who he is. But they don't love him and they don't want to know him. They don't want to ever go to heaven. They're, they're outcasts. You've got to have a love for the one that you believe in. How can you have a relationship with somebody that you don't talk to? That you don't get to know? This is why Jesus is saying in the parable of the ten virgins, I, didn't, I don't know you. You may know me, but I don't know you. So I'm going to close the door on you. He's warning us. He's going to close the door if he doesn't know you. It's not enough that you know him. It's not enough that you know him. I, I, these messages that, that, I, that I do on this podcast, I hope that you can hear my heart. I hope that I'm able to help even just one through this ministry. And I know I fumbled my words. And I know I have awkward pauses. <laughs> and I know I probably insert a, a word here and there where I, I, I'll go back and review and I'll go, oh, I meant I should have said this and not that. And I'm sure you catch my mistakes if you're a reader of the Bible. But my intent is not to ever mislead anybody. I stick to what the Bible says because by reading, by reading his word, I don't read it to you falsely because I'm reading directly from his word. I believe in Him. I believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that lives in us is Jesus. Jesus is Spirit. He said that He, he had to leave, but He was going to send us someone better. Somebody that could live inside of our hearts and be with us and go with us wherever we, wherever we go. We, we don't, we're not alone we are not alone. He is with us. So get to know the one that lives in your heart. The God of ages. Don't wait for tomorrow. We're not promised a tomorrow. Don't be one of the foolish. Don't be in the camp of the foolish. Be prudent in, in knowing the Lord. So he can say to you, I know you. Come on into the banquet. I know who you are. Welcome, Nellie. Come on in. Thank you for being my faithful servant. Thank you for getting to know me. It's, such a good, it's going to be such a great reunion. Don't miss it. Be ready. Be ready. Much love to all. All the glory to God. Until next time. Bye.